Happy Father's Day to the fathers. Yes, happy Father's God bless you. you. God bless you. Breeding you with the Holy Word's peace. Peace be multiplied. One of the things that we've been talking about, we, uh, the 16 deadly D's, and I haven't got past, uh, I think, distraction, in the, and then we're going to end it up today and get into the next one, I think. And so we're talking about distraction. Distraction is one of the things that you can talk to your children about at any age, and this day we're going to talk about it maybe in an adult way. But Satan uses these deadly deeds to, to hinder our spiritual growth and to tear our families apart. And you remember the scripture we've been using, John 10 and 10. Uh, the thief comes to kill. Excuse me. The thief only comes to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come, Jesus says, that you may have life and life more abundantly. And every week I've told you everything that God wants you to have, Satan wants to steal it from you. This is what he t wants to do in your families. He wants to do this in your jobs, in your finances, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and financially. His job is to kill and steal and destroy. Do you all understand that? Yes. And then we went to 2 Corinthians 2 and 11. It says, lest Satan should get advantage of us, for we are not ignorant to his devices. We are not ignorant to his devices because we are in this class learning the, the devices that he uses to destroy us. Do you understand what I'm saying? And today, one, uh, we're going to do two, maybe possibly, but one of the devices that he uses to destroy us is distraction. You see, everyone, well, should, everyone should have some goals, but everyone does have a calling. Do you all know that? All of you have gifts. All of you are placed here on earth to do something to glorify God. Do you understand what I'm saying? In, the, in that, it means that Satan wants to destroy what God has given you. He wants to take away from anything God has given you. Do you understand that? So we, he wants to destroy that. We don't get that. We need to get that. Some of the best people, most talented people, yes, are being incarcerated or buried because Satan got to them and destroyed them from being who God would have them to be. You see, so right now you could have things going on in your life. You need to take inventory of this. Is Satan using me to destroy my family? Do you understand what I'm saying? Or, and, and other areas. All right. So what we want to talk about is what? Distraction. Say that. Distraction. Distraction. One of the distractions that he can use is your past. Yeah, right. Is anybody with me here this morning? That's right. One of the distractions he can use is your past. Right? And so you all that are writing down, and all of you should be writing down, because I'm getting ready to give you some great wisdom here. Your past will never leave you. You have to leave it. I'm going to say it again. Your past will never leave you. You have to leave it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm coming over here. Your past will never leave you. You have to leave it. Do you understand? And Satan doesn't want you to leave it because if you leave it, you will not be distracted. Some of you are sitting in this church this morning and you will never reach your spiritual potential, your God-given potential, because you're still caught up in your past. And your past is, is distracting you. It's probably telling you. Uh, you remember what you've done. You remember how you've done it. And it's telling you all of these negative things about your life and you're stuck. You understand? And so I'm going to use, now listen, the Bible wouldn't be telling us that this was true if the scriptures wasn't telling us that we had a past. And I think I'm going to Luke. Yes. 
Now, Jesus was talking to the, the fellas, okay? And he was trying to get them to understand because he knew where they come from, just like he knew who you come from. Here we go. That's right. Reading from Luke 9, verse 61 and 62. A man said to Jesus, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. All right, so what he first, he, Jesus said, you got to understand this. Remember Jewish customs now. The oldest son would always have to make sure that all the business was straight for the rest of the family. And so Jesus, he wanted to go with Jesus and he said, I, I, I want to follow you, but I want to go back where? To my family. And sometimes family can be a what? All right. Somebody knows what I'm talking about up in here. Oh, yeah. right, here we go. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus says, hey, man, anybody that gets going straight ahead and going to work on their life and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of God. In other words, he's saying you don't need to be going back there. Why are you going back there? Because going back there is going to rob you from the kingdom of God. There's a lot of people who are not going to receive the blessing that God has for them because they, they're trying to proud and look back. And if you, you all have never been on the forum, when you're proud, you've got to pay attention to where you're going or you'll get in the wrong place, right? And so when you look back, no telling where you're allowed to end up at. But be not distracted. Listen to me very closely because you're in here. A bunch of you in here. Quit looking back. It's robbing you of your blessings. It's robbing you of the kingdom of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. All right. All right. What's back there anyway? That's right. I don't care. You know, sometimes, sometimes when I'm watching something, a football game or a baseball game, I, in my head I'm sitting there and talking about, oh, I wish I could do this now. And if you're crazy, you'll go out there and try to do it. And you start breaking stuff. Well. Right? You know, one of the hardest things to say, come on, men, you love me? Yes. One of the hardest things when we go through midlife crisis is over. <laughs> they didn't like that at all, sister. <laughs> no, uh, one of the hardest things is over. It ain't there no more, right? But, but your past will make a fool out of you because it'll try to, to have you to do something that's in your present that you ain't qualified to do now. Women the same way. Do you understand? You see, I love you. You all love me, right? You, you know, the size two and three is gone. That's a, that's a past thing. That's all gone. You see, what I used to be, no, is who I am and right now. And some people put too much work in trying to figure out, trying to bring up yesterday to today. Well, yesterday is gone forever. The Bible's trying to tell us this, all right? So listen to me very carefully. You could be in here. You've done something wrong. You regret it. You're sorry about it, all right? You apologize about it. You repent, for, right? right? Why do you keep visiting? Why do you keep visiting? And let me tell you something. Satan wants to distract you. He'll put people in your life. There are people in your life that know more about all the wrong you've done than people in your life that know about all the good you've done. You can do 100 things, excuse me, 99 things good and one bad. They'll forget the 99 and bring up the one. 
That's your past. Do you understand what I'm saying? And many of us in here has made mistakes in our past, but we've put our hands to the plow and we refuse to look back. We refuse to look back and we don't care what you think of us. We have put our hands to the plow. If you want to stay back here, you can stay back here, but we're headed for the kingdom of God. Say amen to that. Amen. All right. Here we go. Now we go to Philippians. I'm wanting you to understand it's in the Bible that's telling us this because it's a real thing. Right? If, there wasn't, if it wasn't for us to get past it, it wouldn't be telling us to get past it. All right? Here we go. That was Jesus talking. Now we're going to see what Brother Paul says. All right? That will be Philippians 3, verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. All right? See, see there's a lot of things that I ain't got together yet. There's a lot of things I ain't got together yet. Is anybody here with me? That's right. All right. But one thing I do. But there's one thing I do. And that is forgetting what is behind. I'm forgetting that stuff that's behind me. You see, I can't be any, I can't get better. I can't reach my goals in life until I say to myself that I'm not going back there and I'm not going to allow you to take me back there. Because I have a different focus now. Do you understand? Many of us sinned, didn't we? Because our focus was on the sin, right? Yes. But we are, we are new creatures in Christ, isn't that right? Yes. And we're not going to go back there anymore because we have a new goal in our life, and that is to live as Christ would have us to live. Are you with me? That's right. So forgetting what is behind. I'm doing what? Forgetting. I'm doing what? Forgetting. You're doing what? Forgetting. What is behind you? Say that. What is behind me? What is Okay, good going. And straining toward what is ahead. And I'm straining toward what is ahead. And sometimes it's a hard thing. You got to strain towards what is ahead because your past keeps calling you. But I'm willing to make the strain of what's ahead of me. I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to go through what I... Because see, when you get better, there are some people who don't want you better. All right? And they may walk away from you. And sometimes the strain, Brother Nathan, is leaving some people behind. Sometimes it's a strain. Yeah, it is. Sometimes it's a strain, but I'm not going to allow you or anybody else to cause me to miss what God has for me because you used to know who me I was. That's right. Does that make sense? All right. This is good teaching. Yes. Amen. This is good teaching. All right. Paul says in verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize. I'm, which... I'm, I'm doing what now? I'm pressing on to the goal to win the prize. You ain't never seen, you know, you've never seen a track meet where people are running, looking backwards, running backwards. That's right. Huh? That's They're looking straight ahead. Right. Isn't that right? Well, what are you doing with your life? Why are you running, looking backwards? Some people are running, looking backwards, and all their blessings are behind them. I want my, my blessings are in front of me. And that's at any age in here. You need to get that. That's right. There's always going to... See, that's what bullying's all about. Bullying's all about to get you to look at the bully instead of look at who God created you to be. Bullying wants you to be me less than who you are. Do you understand that? And then when you get to listening to the bully, then the bully is in your ear and you're listening and hearing the bully telling you more and the, what the Christ is telling you. Some people need to clean your ear out. Clean your ear out. Pastors done told y'all, who's in your ear? You see, your future ought to be in your ear. Your future ought to be in your sight, not your past. I don't care if it's good. It's over. All right? All right. 
you know, the, the Blues, it's called the Blues that won the uh, hockey for the first time in history. Yes. You see, they got one year, when it's not even one year, probably whenever it starts again, and people are going to forget who they were. Do mm-hmm. you, you understand what I'm saying? Same way with your life. I've done some great things in my life. I've done some good things in my life. Guess what? They're all behind me. Because I got a new vision now. I'm present. I want to be, how many, we Father's Day. We said Happy Father's Day. Some people in here ain't been good fathers. Yeah, that don't mean you have to stay there. Change your vision. Look forward. All right. Yes, and that prize is which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm only concerned about what God has called me heavenly in Christ Jesus right now. There used to be a time, I don't know if you guys wouldn't like me, but I'll talk about me. There was a time when it was all about me. All about me, then wife, then husband. I mean husband, excuse me, and then father. But now it's changed. It's all about Christ. Then me. And my relationship with Christ then husband, then father, a new vision that I have. You see? Sometimes the wife can be the problem. Sometimes the wife can be the problem. Sometimes the children can be the problem. Sometimes the husband can be the problem. But I refuse to let anybody be the problem because God is a problem solver, and he told me to look this way. All right, y'all with me? Now, uh, am I Genesis? Yes. Now, there was, a, uh, we always talk about Solomon and Gomorrah. Everybody's heard that story, right? Solomon and Gomorrah was a crazy place. And they were just doing anything they got ready to do, like some of us lived back in the day. All right? And things got crazy in Solomon and Gomorrah, right? And they were just, any sin, any sin that, wanted to, that could be possibly done, in Solomon and Gomorrah, they'd done that sin. All right? And God kind of got tired of them. You see, sometimes he'll turn you over to a reprobated mind. That's in, in Corinthians. You can look it up for yourself. And so he sent some angels there. And the uh, of the town came to get the angels because they were good-looking men. And they wanted to break in and, 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 and do as they please with these men who they didn't know were angels. I'm telling you the story. All right? And then, uh, of course, our brother said, hey, don't, don't deal with these angels. Uh, 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 Lot did. said, I'll bring my, my daughters out. Remember the story? And they were virgin, and do with them as you would. That's the scripture, right? And so I'm just bringing you up to the store. I'm bringing you up to that point. That lets you know how bad a situation in Solomon and Gomorrah was, but I didn't want to do that whole part because the part I want you to get is what I'm talking about now. Here we go. Say, come on, Pastor, work with me. All right, here we go. All right, and that story is in Genesis 19, starting at verse 15. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. All right, so uh, uh, they, they figured it out, and, and the angels told Lot, said, you need to get up out of here. Take your wife and your two daughters and get up out of here. All right, that's a simple thing. How did he tell them? What else did he tell them to do? It'll be here. As soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives. Yeah. See, they had to do what? They had to flee for their lives, all right? right. And don't look back. It's a pretty simple thing. You in here? Quit looking back. Go straight ahead and don't look back. Because, see, let me tell you, the reason sometimes it's calling you, your past will call you, 
They'll call your name. Did anybody know who Richard Pryor was? You remember when he caught himself on fire from smoking crack? And then when he talked about it, he says the pipe actually called his name. Remember that? He said that pipe called his name. Right? He said it literally talked to him. See, one thing about your past, that's why you got to leave it. It ain't going to leave you. It'll call your name. All right? It'll keep calling your name. All of us in here have a past. And it, it, it never, see, one thing about the devil, he never gives up. You know what I see? He's like your mama. Your mama don't ever give up on her child. All right, and the devil's the same way. He ain't going to give up. God, your mom, and your devil are never going to give up, right? Well, Satan's always, because he knows who you are. See, you all sitting in there. Don't you know he knows my weakness as well as he knows yours? He knows your past as well as, as huh? Come on here. He knows mine. And every now and then, he calls you out. He wants to call you out because he wants you to look back. That's right. I mean, years ago when I, Nat King Cole, some of you old folks know what I'm talking about. He used to have a song called Looking Back Over My Life. I... Remember, I could cause you strife, and I could do it all over again. This is a love song, goodbye song, because she wasn't coming back. And he was singing it. Yeah, he was singing the song in regret of what he had done. You understand that? Well, let me tell you all. Listen to me. Everybody, look at me. Quit looking back. You have to leave your past. Your past will not leave you. It is laying there dormant waiting for an opportunity to call you and for you to answer the call. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, I need to, you to talk back to me because I'm, I'm figuring I don't want this got to pass up in here. Uh, no. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Here we go. Some of you need some earplugs. Right. Spiritually earplugs because guess what's going to happen here? Go ahead. Down in verse 25. God overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities. He got rid of everything. Yes. He got rid of everything. You know, you ever heard the preacher say God is the same today and yesterday? And now, you know, y'all been sure heard that, right? That's a lie. It is a lie. If he hadn't changed, he wouldn't have had Jesus Christ here. We glad he ain't burning up stuff. We glad he ain't burning up stuff. We glad he ain't cutting off this arm we steal. Yes. Come on, somebody. We glad he ain't stoning folks to death that's committed adultery. Yes. Amen. Case. You see what I'm saying? I'm glad he changed. Yes. You see, because sometimes God, my mother used to say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Well, sometimes God gets sick and tired. He's done told you what to do. Run. And don't look back. Here we go. So everything was destroyed. But Lot's wife looked back. But guess whose wife looked? Lot's wife done what? She looked back. She looked back. You ain't got to do but one thing. Just run and don't look back. That's all you got to do. Just run and don't look back. But the Bible says Lot's wife looked back. The scripture says Lot's wife looked back. We don't know why, but I'm going to paraphrase here. Probably one of old friends called her. Look back. Huh? I don't know. You know, they was, they was crazy in that town, right? right. It might have been somebody she had an affair with. Right. Called her. Look back. You see? Let me make a little claim. It could have been your, her addiction. Well. Called her. Amen. She looked back. Amen. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. But some re- for some reason, she looked back. 
You see, some of y'all got some friends you need to let go. Right? She may have had to let go, but she looked back and turned into what? A pillar pillar of salt. salt. She looked back to her past and turned into a pillar of salt. You see, one thing I will not allow is anybody to talk about my past. And I tell them for two reasons, because you don't want me to go back to anyway. Because I used to speak in tongues in the, when I was in my past. <laughs> you see, you, you don't want that guy coming back no way. You see, right. so, yeah, that's right. You see, I'm not looking back. That's right. I could have been a better pastor years ago. I ain't going back there. I'm going this way. I'm going to be a better pastor. Right. I'm going to answer to God's call for me. And I refuse to let whomever is hollering back there. You keep hollering all you want. I can't hear you. And I'm not going to respond to your call. Say that. I'm not going to respond to the call of my past. You better get that right. You, gotta, you better get that right. Is that good stuff? Am I done there? Am I done there? Now we're done with the distraction. Because see, distraction can sometimes be what? Your past. Distraction can be what? And it will call you back and you will lose your future. All right, that's good. That's good. We finally got through distraction. All right, here we go. Double minded. Are we ready for double minded? A wishy washy person is the worst kind of human being. (laughs) I can't stand a wishy washy person. I would rather you say, I don't like you, Johnny. I, I'm, I'm good. Because, I mean, I like you, right? But don't be, well, that's called double-minded. There ain't nothing worse than a double-minded Christian. You're either going to be on one side or the other side. Here we go. Yes, and double-minded is wavering in mind, which is to hesitate or sway unsteadily or become weaker. Because double-minded people become weaker. Because they waste too much energy figuring out where they want to be. So, some of you have been in relationships with double-minded people. Well, they, they love you. I uh, think I want to be with you. I think I want to get it right. I think. Y'all know, you all the smile done been there. You know what I'm saying? You know, they, all divorcees are cracking up right now. But anyway, <laughs> you see, you're going to be over here over here. You know, when the pastor says to death until us part, and some folks will say indefinite uh, uh, unto. There's a difference until. You know what I'm saying? All of these things. You see, a friend of mine told me once, and he was getting a, a divorce, and, and he was going through some things, and, and, and you know, I'd done the, the whole the wedding, and, and uh, his wife got sick. And he t- I'll never forget this, and he told me, but that's not who I married. Yeah, he said, well, he wasn't lying. And he divorced her because he forgot what he said. So when he said it, he was double-minded. All right. That's why we come to this church. We're not coming here to have a good time. We're here to learn how to live so we can have a good time in life. Isn't that right? That's right. All right. Double-minded also means being unstable in all his or her ways. And you got to know these people. You got to know these people. That's why you need a spirit of discerning. You got to talk to your children, teach them these things so they don't get caught up with double minded people. That's right. All right. 
And lastly, double-minded is someone who is constantly living in a state of compromise. See, I'm not going to, somebody, some people live in a state of what? Compromising. People, come on here and say amen if you've done this. People compromise their, they've had morals and principles, say amen. amen. But compromise their body. Somebody caused them to do what? To compromise. You had the truth and you knew the truth, but you compromised. All right? I, every now and then, I look at, uh, what's his name, Dr. Phil? And I can't believe that somebody would give somebody $200,000, dollars in a country that they ain't never seen these people right. and think they're in love with these people. Right. Now, that's a whole lot of compromising. But people do that. Some of you in here right now, and I don't care if you get upset because you know why you're here? Because God wanted you here to hear this lesson. Quit compromising your body. Quit compromising your mind. Quit compromising your spirit. Quit compromising your emotions. And get stable. All right? Come on here. All right? Now we'll turn to Matthew 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. You can't serve two masters. You got to be on one or the other. Y'all thinking I'm being mean? I'm being mean and I'm being direct, but I look pretty. That's right. I look nice. That's right. Amen. You see? I look very nice. Don't I look nice? Yes. But God didn't want me to give you a nice message. He wanted to give you a message full of truth because we need to quit. Quit compromising. Quit compromising. Say it and mean it, mean it and say it. There's a, a lady at our, our old church that I came out of named Sharon Beaver. And you know, people didn't kind of like me, some of the people in there, because they say, well, you know how he is. He's, he's, you know how arrogant he is and, and all this kind of things. And she said, no, Johnny. She called me Johnny. She said, Johnny means what he says and says what he means. I ain't compromising for, to make you my friend. Huh? I'm not going to compromise that. There, you see? Because I know what it does to you. Ask me how I know what it does to you. Because I used to be that demon that caused other people to compromise. And I know what it done to them. All right. So no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other. Get on one side or the other. You're going to hate one and love the other. You're either going to be God or not God. You see, if, if, I'm, I'm not, I'd rather, if I'm going Satan, go all the way. If you're going to go Satan, go all the way. Have a good time going to hell. I'm, that makes sense to me. If I'm going to go to hell, I'm going to serve. I'm going to kick in it. I'm going to do everything I want to do because I'm going to hell anyway. So if you're going to go to hell, then live like hell. Right? But if I'm going to go to heaven and I want the kingdom of God, I got to do the things. I'm not going to compromise because I want to live like God would have me to live. Right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. right? You, you will see? be devoted to the one and despise the other. You're going to be devoted to one, yes. and you'll despise the other. That's, right. that's, that's the choice you've got to make. That's right. All right. You cannot serve both God and money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. You can't. And it got fame in there? Yes. You know why the pulpit gets crazy? Because people want to be preachers and pastors because of the title, not because of the work. Not because of serving. Yeah. You say, oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of unsaved folks up in the pulpit. You see? And folks be shouting. But it's, it's a performance. Yeah. 
I will never put on a performance. It's going to be real, or I ain't talking at all. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, when you put on a performance, you're trying to be famous. You're not trying to be famous. You're, you're, I don't, get me out of here. <laughs> now turn to Revelations 3. We're going to start at verse 14. To the angel of the church. Of Christ to the north. There we go. These are the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Jesus. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. What if he'd come in and say, Christ up and north, you ain't neither cold nor hot. Because mm-hmm. right. you're compromising. The one thing I could love about this church, now don't y'all get silly, okay? People in this church are very serious and committed. I'm giving y'all that. Give yourself a hand. You are committed because I know most of you. Yeah. But guess who? God is watching us. And he knows who's real and who ain't real up in here. That's right. All right? I wish you were either one or the other. He said, get one or the other. Get one or the other. But don't compromise. He said, don't compromise with me. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. He's talking to a church. So it's because you're lukewarm, you're double-minded, I'm about ready to spit you out of my mouth. You're talking church folks to get on one side or the other. See, there's hope for somebody that's cold. The chill of life might wake them up, and they'll step over there. But a lukewarm person is a comfortable person. Yeah. Well, that's the way it is. Well, it's always been that way. Nobody's perfect. Y'all don't want anybody lukewarm. No. Well, maybe some of you do, but you shouldn't want anybody lukewarm. Bless you. Either love me, Sister Cozy, or hate me. I'm good. I ain't got to watch a person close that hates me because I know what they're about. I ain't got to watch a person that's close that loves me. I know what they're about. But them lukewarm folks... Come on here. Them little warm folks, you better keep an eye on them. Because, you know, they love you today and hate you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? All right. It's coming, uh, y'all got a lot of young kids in here, young girls in here. That's called an abuse-free relationship. When that person's not abusing you and using you, they love you. Then it turns to hate. Talk to your children about it when you get home. I'm about ready to go with this. Uh, one more scripture for this one? All right. Last scripture is James 1, ah. verse 5 through 8. All right, uh, here we're going to get this. Quit being double-minded. Ask for what you want. That's right. And believe it. That's right. And then you receive it. That's right. All right? This morning, I was praying and been praying for one of my brothers who I love very much. Don't be trying to guess who it is because it could be you. All right? And when I saw that brother, I smiled. Yeah, I smiled. We just, we just mentioned it within 30 seconds. And then when I seen uh, the young men that hadn't been come to church as early in church, because we got a lot of our people gone today, vacation things, it made me smile. Because I've been praying for the men in this church to step it up and be greater men. That's right. Because I believe if you cut off the head, the body will die. That's 
and we the men, we ought to be men, right? right. Well, don't be man and half man. And I ain't talking sexually here. I'm talking mentally and emotionally and spiritually here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because if you're the weakest person in your family, the whole family becomes weak because they're following you. All right? I love church. You know, when people really like it when they think it's about somebody else. Right. Right. Boy, when it hits home, it hurts. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't go to a church where it made me feel good all the time. I want to be, I want, no, I want to be challenged. Yes, I want to be challenged to be better. Do you understand? I can be a better pastor. I can be a better husband. I can be a better father. I can be a better grandfather. You see? Yes. I like that. Because when I can be better, then that has, gives me time to work on it. Do you understand? Satan doesn't like me. Because you know why he doesn't like pastor? Because pastor is not satisfied with where he's at. You understand? You know why he doesn't like me? Because pastor refuses to listen to the calls of the past. All right? I got a past, and I tell y'all sometimes, but I can't, it doesn't affect me anymore. All right. So we are told in verse 5. Here we go. If any of you lacks wisdom. And you are, all of us need more wisdom. Say amen. Amen to that. Uh Uh-huh. We should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. There ain't no one in here that can't have wisdom if you ask God. The Bible says he'll give to who? All. And ain't nothing on the other side of all. So you don't have wisdom because you ain't asked for wisdom. But then there's a way you got to ask for it. That's right. All right. Where am I at? Oh, I got it. Yeah. But when you ask. You must believe and not doubt. And wait a minute. You can't believe and not doubt. Because doubt is one of the what? 16 deadly deeds. Right. Satan wants you to ask and he wants you to doubt. And doubt means what? It's a feeling of uncertainty and lack of conviction. Well, Lord, I think you want me. The, let me tell you all something. I will be here next Sunday. That's right. Y'all need to be here to see me next Sunday. No doubt I'll be here next Sunday. You see? Because I ask God, God, let me make sure I'm good and healthy and strong and powerful to be here next Sunday. So can't no demon in hell stop me from being here next Sunday. Because I asked that and I ain't doubting it. That's right. You see? I got a whole lot of, may even have over decades. Decade. I'll be 73 here in a minute. So a decade, 83, I'll be tired of this probably by then. But I, at least I'll go a decade, maybe a couple years with y'all. All right, so here we go. But I don't have a doubt because the Bible says that God would not start something with Johnny Chesterfield Jr., Pastor Fields, until he finished it. That's right. That's right. You see? Y'all with me? Yes. All right. So everybody here is going to ask for what? Yes. Men. We always, the big the men, they tell us we don't understand wives. Well, I understand mine. Ask me why. I ask God to give me the wisdom to give me a better understanding. Lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways, ask him and he will direct your path. Right. So the reason you don't understand your wife, you try, you're asking your buddies. That's right. <laughs> the Bible says ask God to give you wisdom. Yes. Come on, men. Say amen to me. Amen. All right. Same way with the women. Amen. You don't understand your children? Because you you're leaning to your own understanding. Ask God to give you the wisdom of how to raise your children. He'll do that. That's right. But you can't ask and be doubting. That's right. All right? 
And he tells us the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Wishy-washy. Yep. That's right. Just all over the place. That's right. Right? We're blown and tossed by the wind. By anything. Mm -hmm. Any sound, anything. You're just gone all over the place. Did you doubt? How many of you say, now don't raise your hand because I want nobody to tell a lie. All right? Let's do it this way. So, God, I'm trying to protect the people from themselves. All right? If you believe in God and what God says, you ought to have so much wisdom, you ain't got no issues. That's right. Because he's saying, this, I ain't making this up, it's in it. Because wisdom will tell you when to go and wisdom will tell you when to stay. Wisdom will tell you when to plant seeds, and wisdom will tell you when you should pull up the crop. All right. And he tells us a person that doubts should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. This is the Bible telling you, I mean, if you doubt, don't expect anything from the Lord. You have not because you ask not, and you don't ask without doubting. All right. And lastly, such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. They're unstable. Let me tell you something. If somebody doubts God, why are you trusting them? You see, can I use this? Here's how I say in words. Some of y'all, none of y'all, because probably all y'all's kids are good, okay? And y'all are all good kids when you're a parent. Isn't it something that you can raise a child and do everything you can to help that child to have a quality life and somebody can talk to them in 10 minutes and they go crazy. Right. Well. And then forgot everything that they've been raised and been taught. Isn't that right? Well, God's got children that's doing the same thing. We know what's right. Let's live it. That's right. Let's live it. No excuses. Let's live it. Right. All right. All right. Oh, I'm done. We made it through double-minded, right? Yes. And we made it through compromise. We don't do no compromising up in here, right? right? You're going to be different people in here, right? Go home and talk to your children about this message. Right. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? Give God a hand clap. I just feel good about feeling good. And I just feel good, Brother Nathan, about feeling good. I feel really good that I'm not afraid to stand up in front of this congregation and tell them I have a past. Uh, but I really feel good about standing up in front of this congregation and saying, yeah, I had a past, but I don't listen to its call anymore. And you can do the same thing. Amen? Amen. We're done. We're done. Brother Isaac, take us home.